You're listening to Vernacular Podcast. Hello, welcome back to Vernacular Podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Sally. And you're listening to Season 4, Episode 7. We have a very fun episode lined up for you today. We are going to talk about fall because we are recording this on the second day of September. That's right. So it's not actually fall yet. It's just coming. Yeah, it's September, which to me says fall, but I know technically it's not fall. Well, it is fall by the end of September, just not by today. Right. And the weather is getting a little cooler, so it feels like fall. It is slowly but surely. I think one of the more frustrating things as you come into fall, though, is those tease days where you get like a high of 75 and then the next day it's a high of 90 back to summer weather. I know, and then it's back to summer. Yeah, because at this point in the year, I'm definitely ready to have the pools closed. I'm so ready for fall. Stop sweating every time I go outside for 30 seconds. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so we're going to talk about fall, our fall favorites, and what we're looking forward to about fall. We are also going to have another lightning round with a previous guest from season three, whom you all will know and remember and love. And then we're going to bring back two guests who have also been on the show before, whom you will remember, the Bryans. And we're going to talk about driverless cars. Yes. Which have been in the news a lot lately. And escape rooms, which have not been in the news very much lately. Because if you don't escape from them, you can't tell anybody about them. Ooh, good point. So it's all pretty So the Bryans fun. escaped and have lived to tell about it. Yes. But before we hear about that, we are going to talk about what we like about fall. Sally, what are you most looking forward to about autumn? So what I am looking forward to is kind of some of the things are just unique to fall, but other things are kind of the opposite of summer. So for instance, I'm looking forward to cooler temperatures, less humidity, fewer or no mosquitoes. And, yeah, less just general sweating when I go outside. (laughs) Those are all really good things to look forward to. I also am looking forward to cooler weather for sure. And in particular, I'm looking forward to cooler weather because I get to wear my awesome leather jacket that you got for me for my birthday last year. Yeah, see, with cooler weather comes bike rides, walks outside without I mean, you could do those things when it's really hot. The way you were saying that reminded me of Spider-Man. Like, with cooler weather comes cooler responsibility. (laughs) Right. More responsibility to wear more clothes because it's a little cooler, which I don't mind. Now, Sally, here's a question for you. Spring or fall? Fall. Why? Um, I think there's more things that go with fall, like activities and foods and drinks that I associate with fall that Mm. are just cozy Mm. and memorable to me. And spring, it's just more a teaser for summer. Okay. I hear your point. Let me offer you a counterpoint. Okay. So when spring comes around, you're normally emerging from winter. Right. Winter is... I would argue the least pleasant season just because you're cold all the time. Mm -hmm. It's not like fall. I mean, a little bit of chilly weather, a few really cold days here and there. That's all well and good. Right. But when you're just living in an Arctic climate for three months, it's just not fun. Right. So when you're coming into spring, you're coming out of winter, and it's really nice to have warm days. The other thing is in spring, the days generally are getting progressively warmer. And warmth, in my mind, is a good thing. So in fall, you have days that are getting progressively colder and shorter. In spring, you have days that are getting progressively warmer and longer. You're also heading out of the most, uh, how do I, how do I describe this? Well, if you're a student, you're definitely coming out of a a school semester heading into a summer. 
And if you're working, you're generally heading into a season where most people take vacations and work is generally a little bit less fast-paced. But with fall, you're leading into a time of holidays and specifically Christmas and family time and time off from work for that. Right. So let me offer you a counterpoint. (laughs) (laughs) I do hear you. I'm torn on this myself. I'm not saying spring is definitely better. Yeah. I'm just trying to think through this. We need to get to the bottom of this, which is better. Yeah. I just think I I don't evaluate the seasons entirely based on their temperature. That is that is a good and or at least not point. even more more heavily based on that. It's not the most important factor. Right, for me. Right. So the most important factor for you is how the close Christmas is. No. <laughs> the things that we do during that time. This is when you get so I'm presents. looking forward to apple picking. Right. And I'm looking forward to yeah, going on bikes and bike rides and walks, which we can do in the spring before mm-hmm. it gets too hot. Mhm. And the pumpkin spice latte. PSL. Yes. And just pumpkin things in general. I feel You are a pumpkin fan. Just love for pumpkin. Sure. Yeah. Love pumpkin. So pumpkin drinks, pumpkin baked oatmeal. Pumpkin jack o' lanterns. Yep. Pumpkin seeds. Yep. Yeah. Lots of pumpkin things. Um and cinnamon is kind of a wintry seasoning as well. You are a big cinnamon fan. Yep, I do love cinnamon. Okay, well, these are all good examples of why fall is great. Um, drinking coffee outside or inside without sweating while you have, you're drinking You it. have to grant that spring has some good holidays as well. Right, um, Easter? Easter, yep, one of the best holidays for sure. That I think is the only one that I can think of. Uh, Memorial Day. Eh, that's kind of summer. It's, it's not, though, okay. actually. Okay, all right. And July 4th comes just after the end of spring. So true, true. spring is basically a giant warm-up for the 4th of July. Okay. Which is perhaps our greatest holiday. Okay. Well, I'm still not convinced. Um, right. I, I Like I said, I'm not convinced that spring is better, but I do think there's a case to be made at least. Yeah, definitely. I'm just no, trying you're, to – You're doing valiant effort, valiant effort. Yeah, I'm just trying to balance our perspectives here. Yeah. So are you looking forward to anything else in fall? I am looking forward to uh, football, yes. for sure. And actually, speaking of football, if you, our listeners, want to hear a preview of the upcoming fall season of sports to include college and professional football, uh, check out the bonus episode of Vernacular Podcast in which we break it down with Ishan, our contributor, uh, to talk about some things to look at in this upcoming sports season. It's going to be a fun one. Yeah, the repartee between Ishan and Zach is pretty funny, and I pretty much don't say anything <laughs> but, but you're listen, there you're i learn there. Yeah. i learn and listen and pay close attention and i learn as well but Ishan i have very knows, little to contribute Ishan to knows a lot more about sports than i do but um it's fun yeah it's fun so check it out bonus episode we haven't really done it before where it's a whole episode just dedicated to sports but we decided to try it out yeah perfect timing for let it let us know if you like it yeah so okay so yeah i'm looking forward to football and cooler weather where i can wear my awesome jacket that you got me last year i also got a really cool eddie bauer hoodie um, that was on a major sale That's right. in the spring. So Zach's birthday is in April, and for his birthday, I tend to get him clothes, but I often get him clothes that are on sale, which means right. they're the previous season's clothes. <laughs> so I get him clothes that he can wear for about two weeks, and then it's too hot to wear them, so he has to wait until the <laughs> That's fall. That's okay, because you get really good deals <laughs> if you buy out of season, and right. that's the way to do it. Right, right. So yeah, football. I mean, I you know, of course, Thanksgiving is always great. Candles. Um, I love 
lighting candles. Oh, yeah. So one of Sally and I's favorite things to do when we go to the mall <laughs> near us is to go into the Yankee Candle store. And just smell and all just the candles. And just smell all the candles and figure out which ones we like. Our favorite, I think, of all time is black coconut. Yes. So if you haven't smelled black coconut and you like coconut things, you should go buy this candle right now because it's very delicious. I don't know, delicious? Is that a – does delicious only apply to foods? No. I think you could have delicious candle. Really? Okay. Let me Google this one. <laughs> but, yeah, we have tried to get some of the cheaper candles, I guess you could say, less expensive than Yankee Candle. And they just don't seem to have as strong of scents. So I don't know. If other people have had luck with other brands of candles, Mrs. Myers, they have good scents of candles. Sorry, Let can, me I just, know. can I interrupt this candle discussion? Uh, yeah, sure. So according to Google, the Googs, as I like to say, uh, delicious can actually apply to things that are not that are not um, food taste. Yeah, or food. Yes, I was right. So the first most common definition of delicious, as we would expect, is highly pleasant to the taste. A second one is simply delightful. It's a synonym for delightful. So you can have, go. for example, a delicious irony, oh. or a delicious. Candle. Oh, Del- okay. It's delightful. Perfect. Delightful. Nice. So black coconut is delightful. Yeah. And all of the fall scents are delightful. Uh, we, well, I forget some of the ones that we were smelling. Were, they were so good. There were some that smelled like. I forget all the ones that I loved. Like my grandma's laundry detergent or something like that. But most of them were good. Yeah. For we, we, were, we held ourselves back and did not buy any. I don't like the ones that smell like household cleaning products. True. Yeah. Like, oh, this smells like. I just use lemon pledge on my first <laughs> Yeah, no, I want something to be either really cozy, mostly yummy. I like yummy candles. Now, yummy, uh, I'm not so sure that can apply. Things that to can- let me, bring let me to check. mind yummy things. I like those. I'm asking the Googs to, de- to define yummy. <laughs> Probably be wrong here. Uh, so according to Google, um, it is delicious parentheses of food. So yummy pumpkin cakes. However, um, they also use the example sentence, I scooped up this yummy young man. Uh, in which case, yummy means highly attractive and desirable. Okay. So Can it refer to non, both not food and not human beings? It's unclear. Okay. <laughs> it's unclear. It does say highly attractive and desirable. Okay. But that's, yeah. Mm. All right. I think the verdict is unclear on this one. Okay. Um. Good to know. Thanks for that ambiguity, Google. <laughs> okay. Anything more about fall? Thanksgiving? Yes. We like Thanksgiving. I think we've covered it. Thanksgiving, pumpkin, candles, cold weather, football. Apple so picking. Pretty exhaustive list of what fall offers to uh, the human race. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, if there are other things that you love about fall or things you don't like about fall, let us know. Yes, please do. We talked to our lightning round contestant about a few things about fall. And let's go to that now. Hey, Teresa. Hey. Hey. We are so glad to have you on for another lightning round. We have prepared a number of questions for you. Our listeners will remember from season three that Teresa is a an attorney turned stay-at-home mom. That's right. So a lot of these questions relate to either of those occupations, but they also relate to fun things like food, and we also know that you are an avid runner, so we asked some running-related questions. Um, and we know okay. that you have lived in various places around the country. So, Teresa, before we get started, quick review of the rules for the lightning round. You're going to be asked a series of questions that pose either or uh, questions to you. So, for example, Sally or Zach, 
And when you're presented with this question, you have to answer in a very quick amount of time, hence named lightning round, which you would prefer. And if you need to elaborate or explain yourself, you can, but we need to have that answer quickly. <laughs> okay. I know you're tough on people's that. So tough. tough. He is tough. So tough. He's the bad cop Hard in this relationship. Okay, I'm right. ready. All right. Here we go. All right. So well, we'll start with the first one. Yes. The classic, which is borrowed from Bon Appetit's Foodcast. Teresa, olive oil or butter? Butter. Good choice. Florida or California? Florida. Atlantic or Pacific? Atlantic. Okay. Having experience with both of these things, would you rather argue with an attorney or with a two-year-old? <laughs> attorney. <laughs> would you rather compete in a marathon or a triathlon? Marathon. Okay. Now you are a you're a mom of two. Would you rather have a tandem stroller or an inline stroller? And those are two types of double strollers for people who don't know. Right. <laughs> Oh, tandem, I guess, because that's what I have. <laughs> Would you rather live on the West Coast or the East Coast? East Coast. When you're training for that marathon, would you rather do it with a Fitbit or an Apple Watch? Oh, Apple Watch. <laughs> I can't afford one, but... Right, um, yeah, cool. I. In a perfect world. <laughs> <laughs> and would you rather drive a minivan or an SUV? Minivan. I am team minivan all the way. <laughs> so are we. Nice. Recently converted to the uh, team minivan. But it's definitely amazing. I'm so huge favorites now. Oh, <laughs> I love our minivan. It's like I, I yeah. will not I will not be caught dead driving it solo, but family trips, there's no other way. <laughs> Except you had to yesterday. That's true. I did have to go to work in the minivan. <laughs> it was the only minivan oh. in the parking lot. It was amazing. <laughs> I'm so happy to hear you say that. Yeah, every time he drives converted. it, he's like, I just love the minivan. Fully converted. Oh, there's no other way. Yeah. And I found out that Manu Ginobili drives a minivan. Uh, he's one of the San Antonio Spurs stars. Oh. And he says there's no other way. Yeah, because he's right. That's right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are you going to vote for Trump or Hillary? Oh, I know Zach will let me get away with. Uh, <laughs> Saying neither. That's right. You can't get away um, with this. So that's what I'm going to say. All right. <laughs> we support that. Would you rather watch How I Met Your Mother or Friends? Friends. All right. Good here, answer. Here's an important question. Very important. Salsa or queso? Queso. Oh, oh wow. Choice. I like yeah. it. Very good I wasn't choice. sure what to expect. My favorite thing at Kidoba oh. is the uh, queso Diablo, the spicy queso. Oh, it's so good. I love it. Uh, well, I grew up with Gringada queso. I don't know if anyone from Maryland is listening, but it's just the best I ever. Think I, I think I did hear a couple of cheers from Maryland listeners. <laughs> so that's the brand? Um, it's a restaurant. Oh. And I don't even know where it is anymore. They, like, changed locations. But my mom has the recipe, so she makes it. Oh, nice. And it is, oh, my gosh. To it, die for. You can't stop eating it. It's so bad for you. But, I mean, we have it so kind of few and far between that yeah. it's okay. <laughs> so it's worth it. Yeah. We eat the whole thing. Well, staying yeah. on this uh, food theme and staying on the theme of uh, can't stop eating it, but, you know, not that good for you. How about barbecue or pizza? Barbecue or pizza? Pizza. 
Oh, such a good choice. That's a good it's answer. a close one, <laughs> but you made the right choice. On pizza. Yes, yes. Well, I, we've had <laughs> we've barbecue done that and pizza. Yeah, have, that's really good. Indeed. Yeah, I'm a fan. Okay, chocolate or peanut butter? Chocolate. Nice. Apple or pumpkin? Pumpkin. Ah, yes. Very good choice. And last but not least, the salted caramel latte or the pumpkin spice latte? Very appropriate. Because... Oh, pumpkin spice latte. Oh, oh. yes. Nice. PSL yes. Pumpkin all the way. Spice, half the number of pumps with soy. Yes. Oh, oh with soy. I haven't tried it with soy. <laughs> I definitely like half yes, the number of pumps, though. Soy. I don't know why. Like the, the, the soy flavor really tastes good with the pumpkin flavor. Ooh. I'm going to have to try this. Yeah. I like to order my PSLs with half the normal number of pumps, uh, half of those pumps sugar free, (laughs) half non fat whip, half full fat whip, (laughs) half soy. Oh, okay. And then only fill it half full. It's the only way to go, guys. Right, right, right. Not. You had me until only half full, but I was like, yeah, yeah. of course. Like, you could do all those things. Yeah. So I actually, it, on Except a serious for, note, Did you say though, half, half, half full fat whip? Half yeah. full fat whip, half non-fat yeah, whip. I don't think that's an option. So uh, uh, seriously, though, when I do order Starbucks drinks, I generally ask for only half of the pumps they would normally do. Because yeah, I do it's the too same sweet. exact thing. Yeah, because yeah. if you ask for just a normal drink, they make it super sweet. It's like, and I know I don't want to drink your pumpkin you syrup. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When Have do a little coffee PSLs with the pumpkin syrup. come back? Do you know? I don't. Probably not soon enough would be my best guess. I heard that that they are starting to advertise for them. Ah, uh, get the client, get the customer base ready. Yeah, they need to come back soon. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We'll Though be making a trip to Starbucks. It needs to, to get a little cooler here first. We'll probably go to Starbucks tomorrow, so we'll let you know if we see anything. <laughs> okay, text me. Well, thanks. You definitely passed, and wonderful job on this very hard competition. It was, yeah. You scored 100%. Thank you. I really did want to get my answers out right away. Yeah. You no did great. Waffling. Yeah, you did. no, you so. were great. You would be like a great there, lawyer. I feel like there was a little bit you of— You are a lawyer. That's perfect. That's a good point. I felt like, like there was a little bit of waffling on the barbecue or pizza question. Mm. I feel yes, like maybe, that was the only one that really threw me. Yeah, maybe you can tighten, tighten that you one know, up a little Willis bit. No, Lilith's big green egg. Right. Right. Exactly. Pizza is pizza. The big so. green egg. But you can make pizza in the big green egg and then— like you said, combine the two. It's a surefire winner. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Well, thanks so much, Teresa. Have a great rest of Thank your night. Thank you, guys. I love how when you gave the example of Zach or Sally as an either-or question, that Teresa was very diplomatic and did not jump at the chance to choose her favorite from, from, from between the so two of us. So diplomatic. Although we both know it would have been you. <laughs> of course. All right. Next up, Will and Caitlin. Welcome back to Vernacular Podcast. We're here with Will Bryan, who you've all heard before. He's a contributor and has joined us to talk about many things in the past, including most recently our Contributor Roundtable. And he's joined this time by his wonderful wife, Caitlin. Guys, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Yeah. And longtime listeners will remember that the two of them had their debut appearance on Vernacular Podcast together. That's right. In season one. Yep. That was a you great conversation. You make us sound so famous, our debut <laughs> performance. <laughs> So uh, we wanted to bring you guys back on the show today to talk about driverless cars. But before we do that, we also know that you had what's kind of a unique experience, but something that is catching on in popularity. We've not done it yet, but we'd like to. And want to hear you guys talk about your recent trip to an escape room. Yes. It was fun. It was fun. So, so tell, us, tell, us, tell us about this. First I of all, love the one little detail that this was for Caitlin's birthday. Oh, yes. <laughs> like, yeah. So ha- happy birthday, Caitlin. <laughs> well, thank you. 
Yeah, no, for my birthday, Will thought it'd be fun to lock us in a room with strangers, <laughs> uh, hand over our, what, our phones. There were no strangers in the room. We were the only two in I'm our sorry, room. Sorry, we were locked in a room by strangers. By strangers. Oh, that's even right. worse, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, honestly, when he first told me about this, I thought, like, this is either going to be really fun or it's the beginning of a really awful horror movie. Yeah. And so I lovingly kissed my children goodbye, thinking, will I see you again? But mm-hmm. actually. So tell us more, though. What is an escape room? Well, so an escape room is a place that you get locked into. And there are all sorts of clues hidden around the room. And your job is to solve the clues, figure out all the little riddles that are left there for you, put together the puzzle, and get out of the room. So in our room, we had a uh, combination lock, I think it's called, a a little keypad with lots of numbers on it on the door. And we had to punch in the right combination of numbers in order to get out. But in order to find that combination of numbers, we had to solve a whole series of puzzles leading up to the last puzzle, which was finding that sequence of numbers. Is there another way to get out, or is the only way to find the keypad? I mean, I could have faked a seizure, I'm sure. <laughs> okay, the creative. only legitimate creative. way to get out right. is through no, the No, there is no other legitimate way. Um, oh, okay. it, it was a little big brother at first because they, they monitor, obviously, the rooms, and so there's mm-hmm. a camera in there. So just periodically they'd be like, look under the other sofa. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, they had a screen. Actually, yes. Yes. They had a screen, though, that they would flash clues on, which would be kind of creepy because, you know, you, you, you start to believe that you're having a private conversation and then all of a sudden the screen would flash up like, have you considered da da da? That's and you just, so you funny. You kind of forget yeah. that they are listening and monitoring your conversation, your progress. Because it is timed. So we had, oh. how long was it? We had an hour. We had an hour. Right. And so if you're not moving along at a good pace, they start getting a little helpful. Gotcha. Also, there are probably legal issues involved with locking someone in a room and not checking on them for Fair. an hour. That's probably <laughs> true. If one of us choked on a piece of gum and they found this an hour later, oh, they could goodness. probably be shut down or something. So Just yeah. slam the door. Have time. fun. See you in an hour if you get out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So did but you guys do it? Did you? Full disclosure, we did not escape in time. Ugh. We full disclosure, we are too smart for our own good. Or Will is too smart for his You know, I bet good. if you were locked in there with strangers, you guys probably could have gotten out. Yeah, we kind of got sort of, I mean, we were doing really well. And then at the end, it was like we were looking too hard for the final, to piecing the final clues together and ignored some really basic stuff. We just misinterpreted one of the clues near the end. By mm. ignoring something really basic. Well, yes. <laughs> they, put, they put a black light in the last little sort of box that we opened. Um, and we ignored the black light and tried to solve the clues without. That's shining. like rule number one of any <laughs> know, any forensic investigation. You well, never ignore the black light. <laughs> we first found the black light. We did try shining it on everything, but then later on, we just sort of forgot about it. So at the point where we needed the black light, we completely forgot that we had it. Oh, um, like bummer. amateurs we are. Yeah. But then we came up with a really elaborate alternative interpretation of the clues we were given. <laughs> Turned out to be wrong. Oh, yeah. bummer! Did you get points for that at least? Well, we, I don't know if we really get points. It's more just... I think it's a binary. You escape right, or you right. don't escape. <laughs> we did. I mean, we came very, very close. I think if we'd had another few minutes, we would have probably Remember the black light? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I do consider it an almost win. Even really? though... I do. Really? I'm more of an optimist than you are. Okay. <laughs> so you're going to go back to defeat the escape room? I would love to go back. So they, they come in different size rooms, and we did... Oh. Um, just a room for two people because this was after all my birthday date 
And, uh, but they have rooms for groups of six, groups of eight. I think their largest was a group of 10. Wow. So we thought it'd be a super fun thing to do with a bunch of friends or the next time our families are all together, go and do something like that. It was totally worth it. Um, especially once you get over the initial five minutes of weirdness of, oh, I'm being watched and judged. And right, right. What in the world am I doing? And you start getting into sort of the thrill of the the riddle. Yeah, I can see how that could be even more fun and, and, and challenging at the same time with a bunch of people. I yes. heard of, on another podcast of a guy who did the escape room with all of his coworkers. So it was like a team building kind of exercise. I bet that would be fun. Yeah. I need to try it with my coworkers. Can you imagine a group of mathematicians locked in a room <laughs> just having to solve riddles? I mean, talk about being too smart for your own good Yeah, day. I think yeah, so. No, I, I honestly think you might have trouble getting out. Oh, I, <laughs> I think you'd have a yeah. yeah, and I have to give Will credit because when he first told me what we were doing, I kind of thought, really? For my birthday? That's what I would have thought, too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, was, I, was, I was definitely a bit of a, you know, you negative, negative yeah. Nancy going into it, but I had a really fun time. Um, yeah. No, I'm a convert. You, you, who were obsessed with Nancy Drew as a little girl. <laughs> yeah. Of course you loved it. Yeah. So no, definitely check it out. Yeah, we'll have to see if there's one around here. Go. Oh, there isn't. That's too bad. No, I haven't checked yet. We'll have to find out. That could be a future date night for us. That's right. Yes. I did, being the paranoid mother that I was, and and I read online first that you have to, you know, turn over your cell phones Mm -hmm. and it's like, listen, if a babysitter calls... I need to get the phone call. And they were very nice. They're like, oh, you can take your phone in. Just oh, don't use that's it. that's nice. Please. That was very good. thoughtful. Yeah. I'm not sure it would have helped much anyway. It, the clues weren't quiz-like. It wasn't what you yeah, knew. Yeah, something you could Google. It was, yeah, it was more just puzzles that you had to figure out on the spot. I'm a little bit disappointed, though, because when I heard Escape Room, I thought that it would be a setup where... It wasn't just you have to find the code for a keypad. It was like, okay, use anything in this room to get out mm. in any way. Right. But I guess be... it makes sense because then you're just destroying property. Like, take the bench, bust <laughs> down the door. <laughs> Maybe right. we can scrape the ground away from these tiles and we can bust our way through. I know, I yeah, kinda... I actually think that's a great idea. We should call it Spartan Escape Rooms yes. and we should design them. And That would be awesome. Business plan. I know. I kind of – I had sort of – when Will first told me, I was envisioning him like hoisting me on his shoulders to reach the air vent. I was thinking, this is, right, this is right, what right I want. Yes. This. this would be great. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, now I don't get to dress cute. Are you serious? But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the next big idea. Mm-hmm. The next – yeah. You guys could totally work on that together. Let's do it, Will. Well, speaking of the next big idea. Oh, what a good segue. I was just thinking, how do we segue I know, from just, this conversation to the next? Happened. But go that for it. beautiful, Sally. <laughs> that was the cool. next big idea, driving in a car where you are not driving and there is no driver. What kind of scenario is that? That sounds, that sounds frightening to me. Can we please cue the Jetsons music? Do y'all have that on? <laughs> That's a good idea. That's a good idea. Let's do it. So this whole topic caught our attention because just recently Uber announced that starting in a few weeks, it's going to be launching a self-driving fleet in Pittsburgh. That's crazy. And this was yeah, they were working on this project kind of under wraps. Um, but Carnegie Mellon is a great engineering school. Will I'm sure you know as a math guy. 
And they've been one of the pioneering schools in robotics specifically. And some of the guys who are doing the best work in self-driving cars for Google, for example, are um, Carnegie Mellon grads. So Travis Kalanick, the CEO of Uber, went to Carnegie Mellon, uh, I think it was last year, early last year, and recruited them to basically get involved in this effort worth hundreds of millions of dollars to do self-driving cars. And now, by all appearances, based on Uber's announcement, it looks like Uber may have leapfrogged Google Google. in the race to get self-driving cars to market, to a place where they're functional and they can be used by the general audience. So Travis Kalanick has mentioned that, uh, or has announced that Uber will allow customers in Pittsburgh to summon cars from their phones that are self-driven. There's no one in them. Wow. um, They're going to be Volvos, all one kind of Volvo, because Volvo has also joined this effort. Um, I think with Uber, they they embarked on this $300 million plan. So this has not been cheap, but Uber has a lot of cash on hand. And so they were able to um, pull it off as it looks now. I think the question obviously is, will this be safe? Um, there are questions swirling around this about the safety of self-driving cars after a Tesla crashed, uh, I think it was last month. Um, mm-hmm. And in that crash, uh, there was one fatality. Tesla's feature is this thing called autopilot. It's not quite a full autonomous uh, mode, but it allows you to basically put your car in cruise control and the car will drive on the highway for you. Um, so different than navigating the uh, trafficked uh, streets of Pittsburgh, but interesting nonetheless. And like I said, raising questions about safety. So what do you guys think about this? Where is this going? So I have questions about the safety, but I was also reading um, with respect to Google's attempts at self-driving cars that regardless of the safety aspect, even if they get that down, it's convincing people to get into a car that is driving itself. Right. And so it does, I mean, has Uber done market, re- I guess they must have done research that to know that people will actually want to use the service because Planet Money had an episode on Google's attempts at creating self-driving cars. And they were just saying, well, you know, who's going to trust a car like this? You know what? I think the person who would trust a car like this is the kind of person who would trust a total stranger who's relatively unvetted to pick them up in... Yeah. Uh, For some far. reason, this yeah. might this might not be very nice, but I'm picturing like this slightly intoxicated person calling Uber at 2 a.m. They're like, "What? There's no driver. It's all good." Yeah, yeah. I'll just yeah, get in. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I think my my point was um, a little bit tongue in cheek, but the, I think there's an element of seriousness there, which is that our generation is very trusting of technology because yeah. we've grown up with it and been surrounded by it. So, would our parents jump into a driverless car? I don't think so. Right, but, but Uber's uh, clientele right. or young, our generation. I, I might. I'm not – I've certainly not decided against doing right, so. Right, right. Um, I know a lot of people in my generation, you know, would just like, at least consider it, it like I would. experience. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe I wouldn't want to be the first guy in it, you know, but <laughs> like hey, after this pilot's been going in Pittsburgh for a, a few months, we'd hop in one. I don't know. I would absolutely get into one. Uh, not only for the experience I – mean, yes, for the experience because I think that would be a very cool experience – but also because I think the driverless cars are safer than human-driven cars. Uh, the numbers so far support that. Uh, there have been driverless cars on the road for a few years now. Uh, not, you, you can't go and pick one up for yourself yet. They're not available uh, commercially to the public. But they've been test-driven for years and years now. And they've proven to be much safer than cars driven by the average person. And I think the reason for that is that the average person isn't a very good driver. Um, you may be a very good driver. And I, I am. think Caitlin is a very good driver. Yeah, thank you. But there are plenty of people on the road who aren't. There are plenty of people who text while they drive, who drink too much before they get behind the wheel, who don't pay attention when they're on the road. And it happens all the time that people 
die in car crashes, even when they're not the ones responsible for the crash. And it creates a very, very dangerous situation every time you get in your car. Uh, there are around 32,000 automobile deaths every year in the U.S. alone. And something that surprised me uh, that I read recently is that that number has actually gone down. Uh, there used to be more. I think the number of deaths per capita in the U.S. has gone down. The number of deaths um, per miles driven in the U.S. has gone down. But the really astounding thing is that just the total number of deaths has also gone down. Even as we're driving more and as there are more drivers on the road, the total number of deaths is still decreasing. So that means that cars are getting safer all the time. Um, and I think this is the next not little step but major leap towards making cars much, much, much safer. I think that if uh, this technology really takes off and we see uh, traditional cars being replaced more and more by driverless cars or some sort of hybrid uh, driverless um, traditional car, something like what Tesla has now, we can get that 32,000 down to four or even three-digit number. So in the Planet Money podcast um, episode, they, they were talking about this big red button that mm-hmm. was in the car, and that was like the emergency shutoff button, sort of. Do you, I mean, sure. I don't know, do you guys, do you know, Zach, like, do the Uber cars have an emergency shutoff button? I have not seen anything suggesting that they will. It, it seems like the, the, the whole technology is pretty hush-hush based on what I've yeah. read. Well, I would think so if they've, if they've surpassed Google. That just makes me a little skeptical. Yeah, there's certainly proprietary information there that they don't want getting out to yeah. competitors. Uh, but I don't know. I, I know I would feel better if there was at least a person in the uh, in the driver's seat who could override. Right, right. Right. So I take Will's point that in general, uh, on the whole, a robotically driven car will be safer than one driven by a human. But I still want that human in the driver's seat to override it in case the robot can't interpret a merging lane, you know, or something right. like that. Or especially since we're not all in robotic cars, right? right? So we've got humans driving cars and then robots driving, you know, a ro- a self-driven car. And what I just I assume, I mean, assume that the technology would allow the car to to quickly react to an erratic human driver, but mm. it just seems like there could be a million scenarios that you couldn't program a car to react to. I don't know. That's right. Sometimes there's simply nothing to do. Uh, So for example, Google cars have been in accidents on the road. And in every case but one, it's either been that uh, the driver has manually overridden the system and it's being human. It's a potentially autonomous car being human driven at the time, or uh, it's just been somebody else's fault. You know, they've been sideswiped by people running stop signs or rear-ended at a red light. These sorts of things, there's really nothing you can do about that. If there's a car in front of you and a car to your right and a car to your left and somebody comes up behind you not paying attention and smashes into your rear, um, robotic level reflexes and all the pre-programming in the world can't really help you there. You're just going to get rear-ended. Yeah, Um, sure. So, yeah, sure, There are still that is still going to be a possibility. I don't think it's any more of a possibility, though, because the car is being driven by a computer. Right, it's not an accident that happens because it's a robotic car. Mm-hmm. That's right. I also think that it's interesting to keep in, or it's important to keep in mind that the places where these are being tested are not places that are necessarily super high risk. So, I mean, you know, put- putting around on the streets of Pittsburgh, you mm. know, the city streets of Pittsburgh, you're not driving at 80 miles an hour. 
Right. And so the the margin of error, I think, is a little bit larger there just because... Well, and with Uber, you're not driving long distances. Right. Yeah, generally not. I think um, what's more interesting to me is this company called Auto, which um, Uber just acquired as well. Oh. And based on a Bloomberg report, it looks like the va- the, uh, the acquisition was for... Um, a lot of money, possibly as much as like seven hundred million dollars. Wow! But this is a ninety-one employee startup, and their goal is to do, is to get trucking um, to a point where it's driverless. Wow! And that's sort of that a separate conversation for me because it's one thing to talk about a taxi in New York or a taxi in Pittsburgh or in Mountain View um, driving people around. It's another thing I think to talk about these. Uh, several ton trucks that are barreling down the highway at 75 yeah. with, without a driver in them. Yeah. Sure. I think it's great. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, I mean, I think if we accept your premise, Will, that um, uh, that they're safer in general, then it is great because how many yeah. fatalities are, are semi-trucks responsible for? Exactly. And, exactly. Um, yeah, I think if we can get to a point where we're minimizing those fatalities, then that's a really good thing. Yeah. I mean, if I'm willing to accept these uh, enormous machines that can very easily kill somebody if they're involved in any sort of accident, if I'm willing to accept them being on the road at all, uh, I would want them to be driven in the safest way possible. And I really do think that's uh, that's going to be by a robot in the near future. Yeah. So what about what about jobs? What about people yeah, really who would otherwise be driving the Uber cars or people who would otherwise be driving the trucks? I, I grew up knowing and um, a friend of our family, her husband was a truck driver. And that, I mean, that was his job. That was the only job he had. And what, what are those people? I mean, is it going to, is it going to displace those? Yeah, it's going to change the landscape for sure. But to a degree that's already happening. So it's not happening in the trucking industry as far as I know, but, um, there are, well, there are, yeah, waitstaff. Um, there are major, yeah, there are major issues with taxi unions in several cities, including New York, I think most prominently, um, also across Europe, where taxi drivers are being killed um, profit-wise because Uber because drivers Uber. are cutting oh. in. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I could get behind probably the truck thing faster than I could get behind the personal car. Why is that? Well, probably because of negative experiences with trucks on the road and also because I don't, I don't know quite how comfortable I'd be putting my kids in a driverless car but a truck sure why not yeah and i guess maybe a truck is driving along well just to be clear kayla what you're saying is you wouldn't be comfortable putting your kids in a truck but just that yes. if since the truck doesn't she, carry people you'd be more comfortable she would put me in one <laughs> no i i just think you know i'm envisioning sort of these cross-country treks not in and out of you right. know the city right. just you just mainly, kind of like press go and they just yeah, go mainly to... contained to highways I feel somehow that feels a little less risky. Yeah, I know I the speed that. is much higher, but that feels a little less risky. Then again, every time I see um, someone texting and driving. Mm, which is every time. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. As someone as yeah. someone who's – well, and you guys I know can resonate with this um, or can sympathize with this too. But as someone whose uh, child is going to be you know, of driver's license age in 14 years – if the technology has advanced to this point, I would feel much better about putting her in the passenger seat or the back seat of a driverless car on a road where drunks sitting home from the bar are also in driverless cars than you know sending her out uh, to drive where those people are coming home from bars and they are drunk or yeah you know and or she has just no experience behind the wheel so um, yeah I kind of I kind of like the idea of yeah. doing that yeah 
Well, I mean, in Absolutely. some ways, I, I, I can say I even like the idea now just because, um, you know, my kids are riding in the car with me. And we were, we were rear-ended a couple of months ago sitting at a red light. Uh, I think the kid behind just wasn't really paying attention, tried to stop too soon or too late. The roads were wet. Um, and there was nothing we could have done. But I do wonder, well, maybe if you had a robot mm-hmm. instead of the 17-year-old driving the truck. Um, maybe things would have gone a little differently. Yeah, computers don't get distracted very easily. That's true. And uh, they can have in mind all the time when the roads are wet. And they can know that you're ahead of them. Uh, you know, they can notice that from hundreds of yards away and be prepared to stop at exactly the right moment or even a little before exactly the right moment just to be on the safe side. I think the real question then becomes what happens when these machines become self-aware? <laughs> I was going to say, isn't there a movie? Like, I, Robot, come on, Yeah, guys. that's right. There is a driverless come car scene on. in I, Robot. Perfect. That's so yeah. funny. And that's what I'm talking about. Exactly, guys. Or I, Robot. What about that the, is the future. That is my main objection, Zach. I, Robot is my main objection. <laughs> oh, Transformers. That's what I was thinking of. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that would be cool. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Um, okay, so how do we... How can we be as convinced as Will is of their safety, I guess? Who's, like, regulating this? And and how do we know for sure that Uber, for instance, their technology is safe? I mean, do we just trust Uber? Well, I think you're, the answer to your we question about who's regulating it is we, it's, it's, a, it's an unregulated space right now, okay. largely. I'm sure, well, a, I'm sure a lawyer could come on and point to me some ways in which it's regulated. But by and large, the law is way behind yeah, technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the law is wait. behind the technology. Um, in a lot of states, I think all but a handful um, right now, driverless cars are prohibited. And my impression is that that's in large part just because there hasn't been enough legislation yet saying exactly how they should be allowed. Sure. Right. And so they're just saying, uh, we don't know, not yet. I did read, though, that there's been um, Singapore has officially announced that it will welcome um, all of these innovators with open arms if they don't want to worry about anything of that sort holding their innovation back oh, so wow. if we don't get on board um a lot of this could be headed overseas well since you mentioned that i mean uh, asia could actually end up leading a lot of the effort on this issue um i like going to longform.org because they have a really good collection of long-form journalism which is one of my favorite things to read and i was reading one piece last week about um this terrible trend in china in which when people uh, when drivers hit a pedestrian in the car and injure them, they will often actually just drive over them again <gasps> in reverse and then again to make sure they're dead what? before driving off or surrendering to authorities. Why? The, re- the reason oh being that goodness. because of uh, Chinese law, they are liable to pay for that person's medical bills basically for the rest of their life. Oh or God. if the person is dead, they just pay the they'll, they'll be found um, liable in a wrongful death suit. And they'll just pay basically like a, a death payout to the family. Oh my goodness! But couldn't couldn't some criminal detective find out that they didn't that they intentionally then killed them? Uh, well, no, it's not. It's, it's a lot death. harder to prove because you, mm. you you say like, oh, I thought I was driving over a garbage bag or whatever, and that's exactly what these people yeah, have said. So yeah. they, act, there's there's footage of them doing exactly oh what I goodness. outlined, but then they'll say, oh, I didn't know. <gasps> my point being here that. Pedestrian deaths, Will, you mentioned it in America, 32,000 a year. Pedestrian deaths in China are far higher than that. Wow. And that doesn't even count um, the, uh, the, you know, the uh, passenger and driver deaths in the car. So a place like China is a prime market for introducing something that is uh, statistically safer 
And uh, in fact, to that end, there's an op-ed uh, written in Wired magazine uh, from March of this year uh, from the chief technologist at Baidu, which is kind of like China's Google, talking about how they're actually trying to introduce autonomous vehicles by 2018. Wow. So I think we could see a, a significant sort of technology race to see who can do it faster and more effectively. So maybe if our pedestrian fatalities were higher, then there would be more of a demand for it, <laughs> as there are in other countries. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, these Chinese firms just have cash to burn. Yeah. Um, I mean, so do some of the American firms like like Uber, for example. But um, a company like Baidu has just so much cash on hand to try it. Yeah. Uh, and there are so many so many opportunities to try it in so many cities at which you can try it out. So wow. yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not necessarily sure that more deaths are driving the change, but China at least has a good reason to work on this. And I think that yeah. um, we could see them do it pretty effectively. I wonder cost effective. I mean, is it going to be affordable for families like us to be able to purchase in the not too distant future? Or is that still, I mean, yeah, that's a good question. I have no idea. Uh, my guess would be that, if what you mean by not too distant is when it first comes out, then no. Um, but I would hope that it's a reasonable price within a decade or two. Right. Within our lifetimes, for sure. Well, I think that's generally the pattern. I mean, the Tesla uh, vehicles have not been very affordable to this point, but um, earlier this year, their next model was announced, and I forget what exactly it was, but it was a it was a relatively affordable price point, one that I think an upper middle class family would be able to afford. And or and, hybrid cars aren't those more affordable? Um, yes, I mean hybrids yeah. a better example because they've been out longer. Yeah. So yeah, they are more affordable. They're still more expensive than sure. traditional. Um, but if uh, your average family, right? Could yeah, I mean one. definitely middle class families do drive hybrids yeah, yeah. all the time. That's now, right. So. They're, they're no longer just for the rich. Yeah. So basically what we need to know is by the time our, our girls are driving, can we afford to buy them? Yeah. <laughs> well, then, no, it's, it's actually a really interesting point you bring up, Caitlin, because um, right now it seems like the rich like driving cars. I mean, cars are sort of a status symbol for the rich. Yeah. And if, if uh, you know, it's only the Google Prius that's self-driving or uh, the, the Volvo SUV that I mentioned Uber is using, will that be something that um, we'll actually find a market. If it's, if yeah, it's priced a good, at a point where only yeah. the rich can buy it, will the rich want to give up their um, you know, Cadillac Escalades to do that or their Lamborghini Murcielagos on the really high end? Or will it become just a new status symbol that like, oh, I have a self-driving car. Isn't yeah. that so cool? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I might have a hard time giving up my Honda Accord for – um, just because I actually like driving. But Yeah, know. no, I was just going to ra- raise that. People like driving. Driving is, I mean, fun. <laughs> I totally do. I mean, I think that, like, on my morning commute, I would rather just ride. Right. Because I don't, I mean, it's it's not far, but it's the same road over and over and over right. again. So I think that I might just want the option of, like, let me just catch up on the news and yeah, read the news with her while you drive me to work. Yeah. But in, in most other instances, I do enjoy driving. And if you're offering, it, offering me the choice between having, like, Google's brand new uh, latest and greatest self-driving car or having a Porsche Carrera 911S, I'm definitely going with the latter <laughs> just, every just single time. Just hypothetically throwing that right. out there. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's fun to ride on a horse as well. Um, and I can still go do that. I either have to pay money for it or I have to have enough land that I can own a horse, which we currently don't. But, you know. So people I would just am, go to however, driving ranges. Right. Or, or something. Um, I, I'm not sure exactly what it's going to look like in 50 years, but I imagine it's still going to be possible for you to go 
drive a car at some point if you really want to. Um, man, that, it just means know, you wouldn't have to every single day. Yeah. But that, you know, the road trip, like that, that feeling of, oh, I don't know. I think know. I would enjoy a road trip more if I got to sit around and sip on a latte and read a book <laughs> instead of just gluing my eyes to the road. Well, yeah, I, I, I think the, the model of the future true. is the Tesla model, which is the, the toggle on off autopilot mode so to your point will we can drive our cars exactly the way we want to when we want to but if we don't feel like doing that you know enter the destination of the gps and toggle the autopilot on and you're you're off that may or may not be the model of the future uh google has recently moved away from that model a little bit because it turns out that's actually less safe than a completely autonomous car um you know if for example you program your tesla so that whenever you grab the steering wheel and turn it uh, the car automatically responds to whatever you've done to the steering wheel. At first, that seems like a really good idea. If you notice something going wrong on the road, you can immediately correct it and have uh, immediate control over what the car is doing. On the other hand, if people are under, under the impression that the car is driving itself, they might reach around into the back seat for something and accidentally bump the steering wheel with their hip as they're leaning over the center console. Or they might halfway fall asleep and wake up and see something out of the corner of their eye that makes them panic because they're disoriented and grab the steering wheel and you know cause the car to skid or something. Uh, it, it introduces a lot of human error to allow a person to be able to take control of a car while it's moving. Sure. No, I, I mean, I take your point. I'm not suggesting, though, that the model is that if you turn the steering wheel, the car will respond necessarily, but just that there's an option that you have. And I think the... The fact remains that Google hasn't sold a car yet. They haven't tried to, but they haven't sold one, whereas Tesla has proven there is definitely a market for this type of vehicle that has some sort of uh, input option for the person in the driver's seat. Um, and sp speaking of people in the driver's seat, I want to correct myself because I think I said when Uber is rolling this out in Pittsburgh, there won't be anybody in the car. It's not true, actually. So there'll be totally self-driven cars, but it looks like, based on a report I'm looking at from Bloomberg, uh, during the initial rollout, at least there will be supervising humans in the oh, driver's seat. Oh, okay. That's a good way to transition. Right. Just sort of get people comfortable with yeah, it by knowing that yeah. if something goes wrong, there's someone there. Even if, well, like you said, it's actually less safe. Well, I would imagine there's going to be a transition period. And for the next however long, it's going to make more sense to have partially autonomous cars, cabs that maybe drive themselves, but that have people sitting them anyway, uh, because people just might not respond well to getting in a car that doesn't even have pedals or a steel, steering wheel. Uh, but eventually, I would be surprised if 100 years from now, our great-grandkids aren't riding around in cars um, that are completely autonomous with no human input other than to tell it where to go. Well, with that prophecy, we'll, we'll check back with you guys in 100 years and when we'll see where we are. It's a, it's a date. It's a date. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks for having us. To wrap things up with this episode, but before we do that, I realized that after we talked about fall, I forgot another of my favorite things about fall. I don't know how I forgot about this, but I love eating and making soups and chilies and curries. And fall is the perfect time of weather, to, time of year to do that. And time and of weather. <laughs> I love exactly two of those things. <laughs> but th those are chilies and curries. I've never been you a like big soup guy, but that's what I was going to say. Since marrying you, <laughs> Sally's opened my eyes to a whole new world of soups. 
many of which I enjoy very much. Yeah, I'm really excited to make a bunch of them and freeze them so that we have them just ready to pull out of the freezer when we need them. I think I still have yet to order a soup at any restaurant. Sure, I get that. I get that. I mean, when you're at a restaurant, you want to get something that you feel like is really unique and you can't maybe get somewhere else. So. I'm filling probably since I'm spending money on it. Right, right. And with soup, I just feel like I'm drinking liquid. Not the soups that I make, though. That's true. They're hearty. Yeah. <laughs> Sally got an immersion blender. Yeah. From... Listeners remember last year, I think one of my current obsessions It was, was... a great gift from yeah. a great person yeah. for Sally. I got <laughs> Zach it for gave her. me an immersion blender and I was just blending everything up and making soups. So. They're really, really good. I'm yeah. really excited about that because I love summer produce and I love grilling so much, but at least, definitely not more than that, but equal to that, I love soups and curries and chilies and I can't wait to start eating them. Yes, that's a good fall thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if you like this episode, let us know. Email us at Zach and Sally at vernacularpodcast.com. You can also let us know on Twitter at vernacularpod or on Facebook at facebook.com slash vernacularpodcast. If you really like this podcast, you should buy one of our t-shirts. You totally should. You should go to vernacularpodcast.com and click on the merch button where you can look at the t-shirts that we have designed and you can buy them from our partner, Represent. They are really cool. So, yeah, check it out. And if you're listening to this podcast for the first time or the 50th time, then also check out the bonus podcast episode, which we released. It's not in the normal sequence of episodes that we are releasing because it's a little bit different in format and in theme. It's uh, us talking with Ishan Nath, our contributor, about sports. It's a preview of the fall sports coming up. If you like that, let us know. We can do more things like that. If you don't like it, you can also let us know. And we'll be sad, but sometimes <laughs> the truth hurts. If you want to give us a review, you should go over to iTunes. If you and... want to give us a positive review, you should definitely go to yeah, iTunes. Even more so. If you want to give us a negative Five review, stars. you should not go to iTunes. <laughs> yeah, if you just want to give us a star rating, that's fine. But you can also write a little something Please that do. The reviews will help. read on this podcast. That's right. We'll read it in our inbox section on the next episode. All right. I think that's it. I think that covers it. Yeah. So... As we get ready to head into fall, over the next few weeks, we hope you continue to listen to Vernacular Podcast. We hope you enjoy this episode, and stay tuned for more. For Vernacular Podcast, I'm Zach. And I'm Sally. Have a great week. You know that. Feeling better than ever. When I'm by your side.